Cowboy Bebop the anime is a classic show that got a generation of fans into the medium. Cowboy Bebop the live action show is a new Netflix production that aims to recapture that magic. But is it worth your time? I'm Roger Chang, this is your Daily Charge. Welcome everyone, and I hope you all had a lovely Thanksgiving holiday. We're doing something fun for this weekend and talking about a show that's near and dear to my heart and has been a seminal show for my producer, Brian Van Gelder, that's Cowboy Bebop. Just a warning, we'll be delving into full spoilers here, and if you're interested in the show, shut off this episode and come back when you're done. Last chance for spoilers. All right, let's get into it. Brian, what are your overall thoughts on the show? Three, two, one, let's jam. And it was <laughs> fine. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid 7.5 out of 10. Um, you know, I just like when they do these reboots and I know they don't have the greatest track record, especially over Netflix. Um, yep. You got to the, the it's a cutoff between what's the cash grab and what's the love letter. And I think you can blatantly tell that there was a lot of love put into this because it's a it's a precious show, right? Like it's been around. It's it's got a dedicated following. And if they really screwed the pooch, they knew that that they would burn for it. So uh, the casting was strong. The writing was okay, uh, and the payoff was different, which as I get older and I still look at a reboot and go, well, that's unnecessary, but at least they gave me something new to look at, something a little bit different. Like, I I guess my takeaway, just to to stop rambling, is that if you can look at it through the prism that you look through Star Trek with, where they have the different dimensions that might or might not necessarily have to do with each other – it makes it a lot easier uh, to stomach because, boy, that uh, that ending changed some things for me. <laughs> we can, we'll, we'll get to the ending. I, I wanted to share my thoughts. Um, I, I probably would rate it a little bit lower than you, but it wasn't – the thing of it is I, 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 I came away fairly mixed with the show. I, it, I think you're right that clearly the people behind it uh, were, were huge fans of the show, were very dedicated to it. There was – they obviously incorporated a lot of the elements and the story into, or from the anime into the new live action show. But it also felt like where Cowboy Bebop, the original anime, you know, took all these different ingredients and mixed it up and created something new. It felt like this new show took a lot of those same ingredients and didn't necessarily come up with anything new or original to say it was a you know i kind of described it earlier as a remix of the anime and like again i that's the thing where i I go back and forth you know on the positive side uh i the casting was great i thought the casting was inspired um pretty much everyone was fairly likable um they you know i feel like they nailed the look of it at least in still photos i'm still not 100 percent sure i liked what i saw from like a like a video or movie experience perspective but i don't know it was um it was okay like like you said like there I, there were some flaws to it there were some changes and we'll get into the changes but um was there anything in particular that you, for you that you liked or really stood out as something you went wow they really did this well i really really thought that they they did some serious pitch perfect casting i really want to just go ahead and pedestal Mustafa Shakir, who for me was the real standout as Jet Black. Um, he had the mannerisms, he had the voice, and I'm sitting there going like, who is that? Who, why do I know him? Oh, it's Bushmaster from Luke Cage. And he finally gets to really have like a good talking 
role and he's awesome in it. Um, but I mean, everyone was great. Danielle Pineda as, as Faye was like such a great tension breaker. Um, and I really thought, and I'm going to forget the actress's name, uh, but who played, um, Anna, uh, Oh, like oh the, yeah. the club owner. Uh, she yes. was such a great consistency to the cast where like that character exists in the anime, but I think she got kind of more of a prevalent role, um, in this format. But uh, yeah, like there was a lot of good thing. It, it got the attitude. It got the style. It got the look. It couldn't do things like recapture the kinetic energy of the anime. It couldn't really capture the same, uh, I want to call it, um, personality that was truly lightning in a bottle in the nineties, right? Like there are certain things that it will never come back and be as great as it was. Star Wars is a perfect example. Ghostbusters is another one where it's such a random ass idea on paper that it shouldn't work and somehow it magically does. And that was exactly the story with Cowboy Bebop, the anime. So they were never really going to nail it, but it was clear that somebody really, really, really tried to make right, it work right. in this and, day and age. And for the record, Tamara Tooney, uh, I'm looking at the IMDb, so I'm cheating. Thank she you. played Anna, which was in the anime. Anna was, I think, a store clerk owner, had a fairly minor, minor role. And so that, that was kind of bolstered. That was, amped up uh, there were that was one of the many many changes uh, and we, we should talk about that because there were a lot of significant ones I mean in particular the 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 bulked up characterizations of the characters of vicious and of Julia Julia the the quintessential noir love interest or femme fatale what did you think of in those particular those changes because that you know, you could argue it added some new dimensions to the characters, particularly Vicious with sort of his backstory. Um, but at the same time, it really did veer off from what the original anime had for, for these characters. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the show, the live action show put a lot more emphasis on plot because you really followed through with antagonist versus the protagonist. And we stayed hyper-focused on Spike and his history, but we also got a little bit of everyone else's history, which is clearly setting up for more in the future. We'll get to that at the end. Um, as far as the fleshing out of Vicious and Spike, I feel two ways about it. One, I actually thought the concepts that they employed were really cool and worked really well in that world. And I liked that we now learn, we actually got a little more canonized background about Spike that was left mysterious in the anime. That being said, it was arguably better left to mysterious because that really works a lot more in the sense of a Western and the man of mystery and how we only ever really got glimpses into people's past because it was so shattered. And this is almost a little too clarified uh, with their with their rivalry instead of just like, well, he's clearly the, clearly the bad guy versus clearly the good guy. Um, you know, it, it, it works from a narrative standpoint. It was well written. But it took, again, a little bit of that personality of the fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing that that was part of the original Cowboy Bebop. Where it was a big explorative world and had lots of time to breathe and you could experience the whimsy of the, the universe. And you really didn't know or care where it was going because you were just kind of along for the ride, which is the whole point of the show. It was a ragtag bunch of, of bounty hunters just trying to get by and there wasn't really a linear narrative. Of course there, there was a, you know, obviously a subplot that took us 
to a point of conclusion. But for the most part, it was just an episodic romp around the galaxy. Yeah, and I kind of missed that because it felt like I grew more attached to those characters through those episodic adventures. And with this one, uh, it was 10 episodes as opposed to 26, you know, short 30-minute episodes with the anime. But I felt like I, I got less time to necessarily bond with everyone, particularly I think with Faye and with uh, with Jet. Uh, like, I would have wanted to spend a little bit more time with them. Like, the, the anime, because it was stretched out to 26 episodes, like I felt like they had more of a chance to breathe and there was more of an arc. I get that this is presumably the first of many seasons. I think they're, they're likely to keep this going, especially if it becomes as successful as it was this weekend. But it, it did feel like I didn't quite get as attached to the new versions of these characters as you know as I did with the anime. Um, partially that's by design. But there were some elements that I liked. Like there was one uh, in to your point about like sort of the way they presented that backstory that there's one episode where uh, Spike is caught in this VR loop and rather than it just being uh, sort of a generic loop or anything, it actually helped kind of inform some of the backstory with, with him and Julia, right? Which was not something in anime, which I thought was a change that was pretty interesting. But at the same time, you know, things like Jet having a daughter and uh, ex-wife and, you know, the Vicious having this connection with the Elder being his father. There was a lot of exploring of these ancillary family. For me, not as much with the core characters as its own family, which was kind of one of the core themes of Cowboy Bebop, right? Like these, this ragtag band of misfits formed a family unit. And a it, surrogate and maybe family. It's surrogate family, yes. But to me, that didn't quite feel as complete. Like, by the time they had broken up after 10 episodes, like, I don't think I felt that connection enough that it hit me that it was so tragic that they all kind of went their separate ways. I would agree with that. And some of the family tie things, again, I, I also agree with it. It was kind of weird and unnecessary. That being said, the little girl who played uh, Jet's daughter was adorable, and she that was. totally yep. worked as a narrative <laughs> element. Um, that VR storytelling technique was really fascinating and really well done, I thought. I, that, I thought that was one of the more compelling episodes um, personally, my favorite was episode five, which title escapes me at the moment, but it's the one where, uh, Jet reunites with his, uh, partner. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Although I thought I, the noir I stuff see, was done I, really well. I, I, yes, thematically it was well, I, it was done well. I mean, I thought, you know, the quote unquote twist was a little obvious, but, uh, that, that is one thing that I feel like they, they nailed was the look, but I feel like this show looks better in stills than it does in real life. Like I'll, I'll take for example, the like spike in his, in his suit. And I feel like in photos, it looks great. I think in practice, like just seeing him constantly wearing that suit was a little, I don't know if it felt like a little like it felt like someone cosplaying as spike, as opposed to like a real life character. I don't know. Like it, I think it's something about that suit that looked so pitch perfect to the anime that it was almost like it, too I had much. trouble. Yeah, I had trouble getting my mind around someone actually wearing a suit like that, especially since it was so different from everyone around him. Although I did appreciate the gag where like he opened his closet and there were like six different sets of the exact same outfit, which was like very much like something you see like the Flintstones or, or the Simpsons, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, they they definitely committed to trying to make that world look the way it did and that's one thing I think a lot of people have learned is just like you can't, you can only go so much before it does get too campy. But I mean, they just leaned into it because they were, 
they tilted that camera so far to the Dutch that I, I thought I was getting turned on my head. Um, so it's like I appreciate the commitment, but you're right. There are certain things like it just looks better on still on paper. Like that's kind of like what I said about the kinetic energy of the anime. Like the fights were good. The fights are very good. They're never going to be as radical as when like a suddenly Spike's leg is 17 feet long and has yeah. a perfect uh, isosceles yeah. triangle bend to it while he tries to roundhouse kick somebody in the jaw. You can't <laughs> do that in real life. Just like some of those costumes, uh, I, I, we could probably cite the controversy over how Faye Valentine's costume isn't as sexy as it was in the cartoon. Like, that's probably good because that's not how real human yeah. bodies work. Exa- and I'm exactly. pretty sure if she like- tried to brawl in that thing, we'd all get a show we didn't sign up for. I actually think like that costume design change was was great because it was more practical for someone who actually had to go out run and gun, and likewise like Jet, I thought he his look was perfect. It was like spot on. I had zero complaints about how he looked or how he sounded. He was but also like, absolutely who perfect. walks around in overalls all day. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, let's uh, let's talk about the ending because we were, we were we were teasing that earlier. Oh uh, boy, yeah, like that. It was kind of like the during the final battle there was uh, it was almost shot for shot with some of the the scenes in the church and then and then and then the turn by by julia like what did what did you think of that i feel like this show everyone gets kind of brought in at a different time in their life than they did in the original iteration which hmm. results in in the way it plays out in in the sense that like Julia still plays the classic femme fatale. I mean, that is her role in this puzzle. But she's a femme fatale who's been there too long and has gotten fed up with it. And now she's got an opportunity. And I I mean, again, from a writing standpoint, that's good. It might have been a little obvious as far as the twist goes, but that's good writing and it works and it keeps things mechanical. That being said, I feel physically ill after watching that ending because I was so disappointed that I didn't get that heart-wrenching payoff that you get mm. in the original. Mm. And I, I spoke to you about this the other day. Like, I remember the where I was and when it was the first time I saw the ending of the original Cowboy Bebop because that, right. that ending is poetic. It is perfect. It is wonderful. And you get robbed of that in this. Yeah, yeah. You get instead a... Uh well, you get the final battle, him, Spike getting shot. How many times is Spike going to get shot and, you know, knocked off the ledge or thrown a window and then just get up and walk back like nothing's happened? And then afterwards, you get you get the tease at the end where he collapses and he's woken up by, by Ed, who finally makes an appearance. Completely missing during, during the entire show, wasn't in any of the promotional material. Uh, Ed, who is, you know, a bit of an eccentric character in the anime and you'd argue probably one of the hardest to translate into real life shows up at the end. Like what, what did you think of uh, Ed and the depiction of Ed in uh, in live action? Well, I think from a writing standpoint, this is a perfect way to get to an act two by introducing yes. such an eccentric character. I think it's wonderful that they cast. I don't remember the actor's name, but it's a young kid who is just getting into acting. And I again think it was pretty pitch perfect in the brief moment they had to introduce themselves because yeah that is notoriously one of the weirdest characters in television but it's also one of the most uh heralded as far as gender identity and non-binary representation and they got a non-binary actor to play ed so that that's just perfect in my eyes 
Yeah, it's it definitely is like you said. It's a good way to tease the next season. I am, I am in agreement. Like it, I, I was kind of hoping that this would be sort of one and done, similar to how the original show was. Clearly, in today's world where we need to have franchises, that was probably not going to be the case. And given again how popular it was over the weekend, and if it continues to be as popular, we'll undoubtedly see a second season. Um, but yeah, it was yeah. Uh, Again, I was when I when I was I kind of left a little mixed. Um, I guess just lastly, like, if there is a second season, are you going to be sticking around uh, to watch it? Oh, totally. I still stand by. Like, this is clearly a love letter. Um, I think they had to test the waters a little bit. Uh, I think they'll they'll learn from the, from their mistakes because they clearly listened to a lot of people going in, in the first place. Um, I want to see I want to see them open up a little bit more. We didn't really get any space battles. We didn't get the truckers. Yes, um, no truckers. Got, yeah, and that was such a good episode, man. That was such yep. a dope episode. Oh, uh, but I want to see them. I want to see them floating around in the swordfish more, and you know, just seeing a little bit more of how the galaxy works and other rival gangs and drama like that. But I also think, like, I think the the live action show is going to do a really good job sending an, a whole new wave of younger generation towards the original anime just to enjoy what a weird place that it holds in entertainment history and how worth it is it is to watch well well said i i for one i'm hoping that they get into some weird batches of mushroom just saying if oh you haven't God, watched yes. the show if you haven't watched the show watch the original show and you'll understand why why this needs to happen uh all right well thank you everyone for humoring us on this post thanksgiving episode if you have any questions Hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>